0: Good morning again, everyone. We're so glad that you're with us. Welcome, Smyrna campus. We love you guys. Everybody connecting with us online. We're so glad you've connected there. By the way, if you're connecting online and you haven't already done so, there's a little box that says subscribe. You can just click on that box and subscribe. Right next to that is a little bell. Just think of it as a church bell that will alert you when we're posting another video on our channel there so you can be notified when we're doing that. We'd love for you to continue to subscribe and connect with us that way. We are excited to continue. We're in the final week today of our series called Renewed. And in this series, we've been talking about daily practices that will refresh or renew our lives. And we've looked at different areas of our lives that God wants to renew us regularly and refresh our lives regularly. We started about by by talking about, started out talking about how we are not just flesh and blood, but we're spiritual beings. And God wants to renew our spirit because our spirit gets beaten down by the world and, and by the sin of the world. And we need to repent and, and constantly turn from that sin and seek God's renewal and refreshing with his forgiveness. And God's faithful to do that for us and renew us. And we talked about how he renews our love, our love for him. And if we get our love for him where it needs to be, it pours into the rest of our lives where we are also loving others better because we're loving God well. And and we are renewed in our relationships with him and with others that way. And then we talked about how last week, how we need to have a renewed purpose. It's easy for us to know intellectually, that our purpose here is to glorify God and worship him and serve him. But we get get caught up in the day-to-day routine of life, don't we? And and we lose sight of the fact that even in the little things on a day-to-day basis, God wants to use those when we give them over to him and serve him well, then we are renewed in our ability to fulfill God's purpose for us here on this earth. Bring glory and honor to him. Help others find their way home to him. And so our purpose is a high and holy calling. And today we're going to finish up this series by talking about how we can experience renewal in our community that we belong to and are a part of. Uh, if you've missed any of these uh, in the series, there are on our YouTube channel. You could go back and catch any of them, but, but I love this. I hope you have experienced some renewal as we've gone through this series. And, and today I want us to remember that the community we surround ourselves with has a huge influence On who we are, how we act, what we say, what we believe even is influenced by the community around us on a regular basis. We always want to say, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, your parents would warn you about certain friends. And I would always say, uh, well, they don't influence me. But yes, they do. If you spend a lot of time with them and you do a lot of things with them. They will have influence over you, whether you meant for them to or not. There are a couple of passages in Scripture that speak directly to that. One of them is in Proverbs. And we usually use this one in a positive sense. As iron sharpens iron, right? One person sharpens another. That means we rub off on each other, right? And a good friend, a good community around you will sharpen your focus, sharpen who you are, uh, get you on track and keep you on track, help you accomplish the, the, the goal of what you're trying to do, sharpening your life. That's a good thing. So if you get good people around you, they help sharpen you in a good way. But there's another passage in 1 Corinthians 15 where Paul says, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character don't be misled don't don't even deceive yourself and thinking this won't happen to you you keep bad company often enough long enough it will corrupt your life eventually it will now don't take that to mean that as Christians we shouldn't associate with non-Christian people or people that aren't you know living to, to honor God that it's not meaning no association with them we're talking about close friendships, people that you allow to have influence and access to you in ways that just acquaintances don't have. Those people have the potential to influence you either for the good or for the bad in great ways. So I think we would all like to have a friend group that we could really count on to be a positive influence on us. So wouldn't that be a great blessing? To know that we've got a friend group that has a positive influence on us. That if we hang out with them, they're not going to try to get us into things that God would want to be, want us to be into. They're going to encourage us to be in the things that God would want us to be into. That kind of friend group is a valuable asset to have as a Christ follower. I want you to identify some friend groups. I'm going to put up different pictures here, 10 different pictures of friend groups that you'll probably recognize a lot of them, maybe all of them uh, when they come up. So Smyrna campus, online people and, and people here at Antioch, when you recognize the group, just yell out loud where you know them from, what they're connected to. OK, you just yell it out loud. Here's the first one. Minions. There you go. All right. Somebody was pretty quick. They were minions. I love those little minions. They're, they're just fun little critters, right? But they may not be the best friend group. They tend to get into a lot of trouble. All right. What's the next one here? Golden girls. <laughs> Some of us are dating ourselves. All right. Golden girls. I mean, these ladies, they just, uh, they, they lived together, did stuff together usually tried to help each other and have each other's back, but sometimes we're a bad influence occasionally on each other. All right, here's another one. Anybody remember this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to tell you, not everything in the movie is great, but this is one of my favorites. I've, I see it on TV where it's replayed all the time and they edit a lot of stuff, which is good. But uh, it's a really funny movie to me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> all right, here's the next one. Harry Potter. Yeah, I got some Harry Potter fans in here. And uh, Harry Potter, they had the, the group at school, you know, or whatever uh, clan they were part of, and they they supposed to have each other's back and take care of each other. All right, what's another one here? Cheers. Cheers. Cheers Norm. Norm, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Everybody likes to have a place where everybody knows your. Name. There you go. Cheers. That's a good one. All right. Maybe not the best influence all the time. Little rascals. rascals. This is the first gang I was ever aware of in my (laughs) lifetime. This is a really cool gang here, people. I want to tell you, our gang was a really cool gang, Uh, but they did get into a lot of trouble together, too. So, all right. What about this next one? Andy Griffith. I got to tell you, my number one favorite all-time television show ever is the Andy Griffith Show. It almost always had a good lesson to it. Not every single time, but almost always it had a pretty good lesson to it. And uh, uh, sometimes they learned it the hard way, but they, uh, they were a community of friends there. All right. There you go. I can tell some of you that were either that age when it was on or you were a parent of a child that watched that all the time, right? So you knew it from there. Saved by the Bell. My kids watch this show every day, every day. And sometimes I would be home with them watching that show. I knew Saved by the Bell right away when I saw that picture because of my kids. All right? What's the next one? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. There you go. Seinfeld, a show about nothing, right? Uh, But these friends hung out all the time. Almost they would go into each other's apartments. You know, they would just, you know, walk in and be welcome there. And they they just had this friend group that they were part of all the time, right? Uh, The actual friends, friends group, right? Friends was a long running show. And uh, there was a generation that grew up watching Friends who thought that's what life was supposed to be like. And they found out friends actually have to go to work if they want to eat. And the friends have to actually, you know, do other stuff. You can't just hang out together at the house all the time. So uh, it wasn't really real life. But but some of it was where they had this group, this friend group, that they were there for each other. And and sometimes they would mess up and make mistakes and hurt each other. But they were still friends. And they continued those friendships over the years. Well, God has a desire and a plan for all of us to develop and renew regularly our friend groups so that we've got a supporting cast around us. You could call it your, your posse or your entourage or your tribe or whatever term you want to use, right? It's those people that you have around you that you know, these are my friends. But the problem is, if you don't, if you don't do this well, it can really hurt you in your life. That's why the first thing on your outline today is this. It's a reminder. Choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. I'm not, Again, I'm not talking about acquaintances where you don't associate with people that, that, that aren't like you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're choosing those people that you're going to pour into and have them pour into you. When you choose people that you're going to go to for advice or they're going to come to you for advice, make sure you choose wisely who those friends are going to be because they have a huge impact in your life. And the scripture is clear on this. You show me your closest friends and I can tell you right away the direction your life is going. I can. You show me who your closest friends are and if I can find out what they're like, I can tell you exactly what direction you're heading in your life. Because they have that much powerful influence over you along the way. And you have critical negative friends who tear you down or tear down those things that you care about. It's going to affect you in a negative way. But if you have great friends who support you and what you believe and what you care about and what's important to you, that's going to boost you in your life and help you have greater success in those things that matter to you. A good friendship, you know, is a two way street. Not only are they influencing you, but God wants us to be influencing them. So is that friend group, when you choose friends, are you choosing people who will allow you to pour into them too, to hold them accountable, to speak into their lives? Are you having that kind of relationship with the people that you are allowing to be friends in your life? If you don't have that that friend group right now, or maybe you have a friend group, but it's not quite where it needs to be, then then God has something to say to us today today about how we can be renewed and have more of what he intended for us to have in our lives. The kind of people we need to strive to be and the kind of people we should strive to surround ourselves with are people who keep God's commands. That's why when you choose friends wisely, you need to choose people if you're going to allow them to influence you and you're going to try to influence them. They need to be people whose desire, whose passion is to please God and obey the teachings of God. Again, that doesn't mean we don't try to influence non-Christians. We do, and and we have opportunities for that. But but I'm talking about these people that we, we have around us as our close friends. They need to be people who will support us in trying to honor God in our lives. When we follow God's commands, when we walk in his ways, it enriches our lives. And here's the thing. It will also enrich their lives if they're our close friends. It will bless them. It will make us better friends for them when we're honoring God the way we need to be honoring God ourselves. We won't be bringing them down or guiding them on the wrong path or leading them into sin if we are honoring God first. But we need their help too. If they're really good friends, they're going to want us to make those choices that honor God. They're going to want to honor God and they're going to want us to be able to honor God. There's a, a, a great... Uh, a great letter in the new Testament uh, for, uh, John wrote the gospel of John, but he wrote first, second and third John. And in first John, I want to focus on a, a few passages here in first John. If you want to open up your Bibles here in first John chapter two, I want to start there. We find John reminding us of the importance of being mindful of who we walk with in life. Let's look at first John two verse, begin with verse three. We know that we've come to know him. If we keep his commands, Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. John offers a litmus test here for us, for the community that we plug into and allow ourselves to be a part of. And the key to this community, the key to what God would want for us in this community is we need to be connected to other people who take God at his word, who believe it to be the authority for their lives and are happy that we're doing that too. They really want that for us if they're our good friends. They really want us to make choices that honor God because that's, Their purpose in life. That's their plan for their lives. That's what they are trying to do in their lives. Doesn't mean they're perfect at it. None of us will be. But that's what we're trying to do. That's what's driving us in our lives. I'm thankful for the mercy of God, and the grace of God, because we're not always going to get it right. But he knows the intent of our heart, right? He knows what we're trying to do. And his plan is for us to have people around us that want that, too, for themselves and for us. Good friends believe it's important to take God at his word. They believe it's important to repent when you commit sin. They believe it's important to forgive and show grace and mercy because you've been forgiven. They believe that that we should be reconciled to one another. They believe we should serve and honor God with our everyday lives. They believe it's important to keep their word. They believe that it's important to pray for one another and love one another. All those clear teachings of scripture, they're behind you on that. And that's what they're trying to do with their lives. Those are the best friends you could possibly have. Doesn't mean they have to be the only friend you have. But, but remember, the people who influence you the most are the people you spend the most time with, doing the most things with, talking with the most. Those are the people who have the most influence over your life. So when we're thinking about our friend groups, we should ask ourselves, if we personally... And those people we spend most of our time with, are we keeping God's word faithfully? And is that their goal too? To keep God's word faithfully. Because if it's not, there might need to be some renewal there. There might need to be some changes made there that aren't easy. But friends, we're talking about eternal consequences if we don't make the right choices. We're talking about eternal consequences good that can be done that might be missed or bad that will be done if we don't get renewed here like we need to so the first thing is choose your friends wisely which leads me to the second thing and that is it's really should be the first thing Uh, it's the starting point and that's this choose friendship with God first I wanted to start with talking about the community group, the friend group, but I wanted to bring it back to how we need to begin this process. If we're going to be renewed in this area, it starts with our friendship with God. It starts with us making the decision, I want to live my life as a friend of God. That's who I want to be my best friend. That's the one I want to please above all the others. That's the one I want to be to honor above all the others. That's the one I want to show the respect to uh, and, and love to like I need to first. Remember, we talked about this when we talked about loving, and being renewed with our love. If we get our love for God right first, then that helps with every other relationship we have. Well, the same thing is true with this friendship uh, uh, part of our lives. Is if we, if we get this relationship with God right first, then, then we can be a better friend and we can be wiser in choosing who we're going to allow to be a friend with us. Without being committed to this vertical relationship with God, then we don't have good relationships horizontally. We don't have good relationships with the men and women that have influence in our lives. So 1 John 1, uh, in the chapter before the one we looked at already, in 1 John 1, and verse 5, verses 5 and 6, he addresses this. Here's what he says. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with who? One another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You see how one's connected to the other? He's saying you get connected to God in the right way, then it affects how you fellowship with other people. Those relationships are affected by that in a good way. So he's talking about the fact that God is light. That's a pretty simple statement, isn't it? God is light. Okay, good deal. What does that mean? He goes on to say there's no darkness in him at all. Well, in the Bible, the analogy of light and darkness is is used over and over again. And light represents purity, uh, everything out in the open, everything good. Darkness represents hidden bad things that you try to keep from coming to the surface. You try to keep them from being exposed. God is light. So if we walk in fellowship with God, we would be walking where? In the light. Here's the thing about walking in the light. (laughs) You can't hide anything. It's all exposed. Nothing's covered. But here's the good thing about God being that light, that pure light. He's wanting us to walk in the light because what he wants to do is not expose those things to hurt us. Not expose those things so he can punish us. That's not God's intent when he shines the light on our lives. His intent is for the light to bring purification. Purification means, all right, when the bad thing is exposed, now we know it's there, it's out there, we need to do something with it, right? And God's plan would be for us to repent of it, go to him with it, and allow him to cleanse it and remove it from our lives. So that we can remain in fellowship with him. Here's the other thing about God being light and no darkness being in him at all. And that's this darkness can't dwell in the presence of god you ever notice how no matter how much darkness there is in a room when you turn on a light what does it do to the darkness it eradicates it i don't care how dark it was you turn on a light the light shines you can see it the light of god it wants to eradicate the darkness in our lives See, the exposing is not to embarrass or to harm in any way. The exposing of the darkness, the the eradicating of the darkness is to cleanse us and make us new and fresh again so that we can remain in fellowship with the God who is light. See, he wants more than anything for us to have a relationship with him, to have fellowship with him. That's why in order to eradicate the darkness in us, he sent his son Jesus here to die on the cross for those sins, for that darkness that's in us. So that that darkness could be removed by the blood of Jesus. And when it's removed by the blood of Jesus. And we continue to have the renewal of the blood of Jesus in our lives. Then it allows us to dwell in the presence of God. Not just for a moment. Not just periodically. But always and forever. We can dwell in the presence of God. That's the kind of fellowship and friendship God wants to have with us. Not a friendship that comes and goes. Not a friendship that's just for this world for a little while. But a friendship that's eternal. He wants to have that kind of relationship with us all. And so he's provided a way for us to come to him with the darkness of our lives, have it exposed, but have it cleansed and removed. That's the renewal that only God can bring. Now, here's the problem is we keep thinking we can renew ourselves some other way. Here's what we do. We mess up and we feel bad about it. And we make this promise to ourselves or to somebody else sometimes. Or or we just think to ourselves, all right, I know I messed up. I'm not going to do that again, right? I'm not going to keep doing this thing. And what do we end up doing so often? We go back to it again. We mess up again. We fall short again. Because the problem is we can't renew ourselves. You can go to the self-help section online or in the bookstore somewhere and find all these great books about how to do better how to live your best life how to get everything right in your life you know how to get everything fixed that you got all these problems with and boy you could spend a lot of money and read a bunch of books and what are you still struggling with you're still messing up it doesn't fix it Now, don't get me wrong. There's some good things in some of those books and there's some good suggestions and there's some good changes they tell you to make. The problem is the power for transformation is not in those things that you decide to change. It's in the presence of the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. That's the only power strong enough, able enough to to remove the darkness and cleanse us and refresh us and make us new. A friendship with God is good in this sense. Have you ever heard this? A fake friend will stab you in the back. I've heard that a lot. But I heard something new the other day. It's not new, but I'd heard it for the first time. A good friend will stab you in the front. (laughs) I like that. I don't like it when it happens. But I like the concept. They're not saying it's great to be stabbed. That's not the point. The point is, is a good friend will hold you accountable. will tell you the truth. One of the greatest problems I see in our culture today is people are afraid more than ever to speak truth. Because the culture is training people. That there is no absolute truth and what's true for you may not be true. You know, like no absolute truth exists. So whatever's true for you, that's your truth. The problem is your what you think of as your truth can be totally wrong. And somebody who loves you needs to be a friend enough to tell you that. To share that with you. To show you the error of that thing you think is true that's not true. I mean, it's gotten ridiculous out there. It really has. So that we're allowing three-year-olds to have discussions about what sex they want to be. Right? That's absurd. That, that's ridiculous. But people are afraid to even challenge it. Because you're labeled all these kinds of crazy things. And you'll be canceled out from certain things if you actually stand up and tell the truth about that. People say follow the science. Well, scientifically, simple biology says you're either a male or a female. Everybody is either a male or a female. It's really clear and easy. You could take God out of the picture and Christianity out of the picture completely and just follow the science. And even the science says they're either male or they're female. They don't get to choose that. It's already chosen. And a three-year-old certainly has no business trying to make a decision like that. They're not equipped for that, even if it was a choice. You see how ridiculous it can get when people are afraid to allow God to be that friend who tells you the truth about things, even when it hurts, even when it's not comfortable to hear it, even when it demands change that we don't want to make. God loves us enough. He's enough of a friend to us to tell us the truth about things. And if you want to have good friends around you, they need to be people who honor God that way who believe that about God, that he has every right to tell us, to speak into us his truth about life. Because if he is the creator God, he knows better than anybody else how we're made, what we're made for, how we're supposed to function. He's the creator of us. So he should be able to speak truth into us. So this idea of a friend group should begin with being friends with God first. Allowing him to speak into us and influence us. And if you've got good friends that don't want that for their lives, then maybe if you can't influence them that direction, then maybe you need to choose to start allowing some other friends who do believe that to speak into your life and not those friends. Which leads to the third thing. And that's choose friends who will walk in the light with you. Choose friends who will walk in the light with you. Nothing better than that. John adds to this idea of having fellowship with God. And he points out that if we walk in the light with God, we can also uh, better walk in relationship with others. Look at verse 7 here. He says, remember, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. In a healthy community a strong group of friends that have a deep conviction to want to honor God and please God you strengthen each other you bless each other you pick each other up when you're struggling you you correct when correction needs to take place but you do it because you love them as a friend i, I don't i don't ever really enjoy correction but i welcome it from somebody I know to be a friend who loves me I can accept it better from them because I know how much they care about me and that's why I read God's word even when it 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 digs in and hurts I can accept that God's telling me that because he loves me but I can also accept it from my wife well because I know what a a great friend relationship I have with her. I can accept it from, from other close friends. Our, our elder team, we serve together and we, we pour into each other's lives that way and we talk to each other that way. And we know we can do that because of the love we have for each other, right? We've gone through years of things with each other, hard things. And so we can do that for each other in each other's lives. And we all will benefit from developing some relationships like that and in our lives where we've got the support and support doesn't mean, here's the thing, we've got to redefine what it means to have a friend who supports you. It doesn't mean they support every crazy idea you come up with. That's not real loving support. Real loving support says, Randy, that's just crazy. What are you thinking? You should never do that. That would never be a good thing. You need some friends who will tell you that. I've got some. I'm thankful for them. You need some too. But you don't have friends like that if you're not willing to take the stand for God that God wants you to take. They have to know that's your goal is to honor God. They have to know your goal is to obey God's commands. That your desire is to be pleasing to the Father. Because if you've got a good friend that knows that way, that's what you want, then they can call you out on those things that aren't going to do that in your life. That are going to keep you from being able to accomplish that in your life. But if they think you don't care if it pleases God or not, then they'll support almost anything that you want to do. Just because they're your friend. They'll tell you what you want to hear. Because they think that's what friendship does. When real friendship tells you what you need to hear real friendship tells you the hard things but it also rejoices with you in the good things you see it's not just the calling you out it's not just the it's the cheering you on when you are doing things that honor God it's the celebrating with you when you make the right choice and and you can see that that they love that you're doing that you've made the right choice and they celebrate that with you that's a good friend too Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice in the right things that are pleasing to God. We all need some friend groups around us like that. Do your closest friends encourage you to make choices and decisions that you are proud of when you think about your relationship to God? Do your closest friends rejoice with you when you make those decisions? Or they only rejoice with you when you make decisions that are things they wanted to get you to do that may not be so pleasing to God. We got to make the choices wisely of what friends we're going to allow to pour into our lives and have influence over us in our lives. Maybe today you get the sense that you've got some really good friends and you just need to thank God for them and maybe go to them and say thank you. Thank you for being that friend for me. Thank you for pouring into me in a way that honors God. In a way that encourages me to honor God. But maybe you've got some friends right now that if you're being really honest, you know. You know they're not doing that for you. In fact, there are some people who say they're your friends who really don't have your back. We really don't care if you make a bad choice that hurts you or your family. Some of you probably have some friends like that too. And maybe it's time for you to do a couple of things there. I don't ever want to counsel you to just cut somebody off like that. That's not what we're trying to do. But the counsel might be, you need to start standing up and being the light to them even when they don't support it. Even when they act like they don't agree with it. And they're upset with you for doing it. You need to be willing to risk that. Them getting mad at you. Them being disappointed in you. Them not wanting to hang out with you. Because you're going to do the things that honor God. And not keep doing the things that don't honor God. You need to be willing to take that stand with those people. And one of two things is going to happen. Either they are going to realize This is who this person is, and I'm going to be their friend anyway. Or they're going to decide on their own. This is not the person I want to hang out with all the time. So you do risk losing some friends when you take that stand. You do. I'm going to tell you something. When you stand before God on the day of judgment, friendship with God is going to be more important to you than any other friendship you could have ever had or lost. It's going to be the most important one. And so you need to choose now because we don't know when we're going to stand before God. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know how long we've got. We need to choose friendship with God now. We need to get that relationship where it needs to be first. Because that's going to make you a better friend. Because here's the thing. Allowing some of your friends to think it's okay to do things not pleasing to God is you not being a good friend to them either. You're not being a good friend to them if you're allowing them to go on thinking that living outside the will of God is okay. Because here's the thing. When you say you're friends with God, but you keep walking in darkness, according to John, you are a liar. The truth's not in you. If you claim to be friends with God, but you continually choose to walk in darkness, you are lying to God, to your friends, and to yourself about being friends with God because friends with God don't choose to live that way anymore. They don't. I love that God gives us freedom to choose. I'm thankful for that. I love that he allows us to have even the opportunity to be in a friendship with him. What an amazing privilege that is to be able to be friends with God. But you have to choose it. Here's what you need to know. God gets to choose too. You know what he's done? He's already chosen to offer you his friendship. He's already made it possible for you to choose him as a friend. He made that choice when he chose to put Jesus on that cross for you and for me. Because that had to happen for us to be friends with God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you even allow us the opportunity to be friends with you. And there's no better friend we could ever have than you, Father. In your love for us, you tell us the truth. And yes, you do expose our sin. But then you also provide the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy so that we can be cleansed of that and get the darkness out and remain in the light with you. Father, we thank you that in your desire to have that relationship with us, that friendship with us, you paid the ultimate price to make it possible. May we make the choice to honor you in friendship with you by how we choose to live our lives. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.